I bet good luck and food. You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are in quarantine mode. We will be bringing you these podcasts as usual from our bedroom, so nothing has changed. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us again, and um, we'll let it rip. Hi, Chantel. Hey. What's Poppington? Uh, <laughs> not much. I'm just laughing about like bringing the podcast from our bedroom because we're both literally sitting on our beds right now. But I was respectful enough to put a bra on right before we recorded. I was not respectful enough to do that. <laughs> You've seen it all, honey. You've seen it fucking all. Uh, so, what I, a time. I just, where should we fucking start? We've been talking so much about so many good things. Um, okay, you know what? Okay, so yesterday when we were planning this podcast, I was planning on going on a motherfucking rant, okay? A fucking rant because I was livid and I've been, uh-huh. livid. <laughs> I have been livid for at least two weeks, but then today the sun is shining it's true. anymore and I'm like, damn it. But I'll start off by saying this. If you're bored and you're home right now, taking selfies on Instagram and bitching about how bored you are, here's a suggestion from Bianca. Try helping out someone else that needs some help. And that can come in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be an Instagram live. It doesn't have to be a free yoga class. It doesn't have to be a free workout station. It can be something that's totally off the internet that's maybe helping somebody else in society right now. Let, why don't we take this time to make things a little bit less about us and serve others. It's just driving me crazy seeing people complain about, I'm so mad, when are we gonna be able to go out? When am I gonna be able to do this and this and this and this? And yes, it does suck, we're fucking stuck at home. But if you don't change your perspective, you got three more months coming, honey. Two months, whatever it is, try and help others. And I'm seeing this a lot more nice, a lot nicer than I would have said it yesterday. So this is a PSA from me. If you are finding yourself complaining about how bored you are, there's plenty of other things that you can do to help. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) However, you brought up a good point to me yesterday when I was going off. You really did because you said... Some people literally just do not have the strength right now and their mental health is really, you know, not in a good place. I'm not talking to those people. I'm not talking to you. I want to make that very clear. I've struggled. We've all struggled with our own dark depression and all of that. And I know sometimes just getting up and getting out of bed and fucking pouring yourself some juice is hard. That's not who I'm referring to. It's more the complainers that I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? (sighs) Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, it's just so, it's so interesting to watch, like a, to witness a mood shift, you know, or like a state of mind shift. Yesterday there was like angry, I'm going to rage, get in a fight at Walmart. (laughs) I was pissed. (laughs) And now there's like, there's like so much light in your place. You feel lighter. You're talking about it from like such a, more grounded place it's very productive and it's just such a reminder of of like how we can be in a state but it can shift you know and you can still like you're still speaking to what made you mad but you're doing it at a different energy where it's so much more like the point is coming across in such a more like grounded way so I I just the sun man I swear to god when the sun is out I'm like a totally different person yeah. However, that yeah. was really like kind of pissing me off for a while. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Well, Everybody deals with this shit in their own way. I, I like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we all have to go out and try and save the world, but there's definitely like something to be learned about the fact that we are all, myself included, so self-obsessed in this society and culture yeah. that it's like, we can't see beyond our own little world. And when you stop and take a minute and shift your perspective to be like you know what maybe i can contribute to others right now that are like people are dying man and people are really sick and people Mm -hmm. can't pay their bills and maybe you can't either but that doesn't mean that you can't help in some way like i don't know what it is big or small you know yeah yeah everyone if you're in the right state of mind everyone has some resources to serve in some way and even if you're in the wrong state of mind, service can help you switch into the right state of mind. That's what I was just going to say. That's helped me so much in the past. It's like sometimes when you're feeling so depressed is because sometimes uh, it's because you're only thinking about you and how shitty your life is and how nothing's going right for you. And sometimes just simply making it not about you and shifting the focus to somebody else and pulling them up is exactly what will get you out of it. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think this is such an important time for individuals to explore what's happening with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, we need to take some time to do that. So if you're feeling super aggravated about something, you're like feeling stuck somewhere, go inward and look at that. Because what's happening now is bringing up shit in us that was already there. You know, the way we're interacting with it is based on what was already there. This is just a situation that puts us in a state of fear. There's so much uncertainty. And when we get in in uncertainty, our traumas like to rise to the surface, Yeah, you know? So it's good too, to like, to, to look into your own world. Um, but, but not stay there. You know what I mean? And and one way we don't stay there is we can be of service, like you're saying. And also, like, part of looking into your own world is acknowledging your privilege. Yeah, that's a big, you know, totally. it's a big one. You know, I, I just, like, f- for me, like, this time, uh, I would think would make people who haven't been aware of their privilege more empathetic right? Like, look at what happened to the indigenous people in Canada. There, um, there actually was a plague. There was smallpox. The European settlers basically said, we'll handle this. They came in, they took over, they stole the land. It was a major dislocation of cultures and everything that these people had. Major abuse of, and violence you know, and, and we're in a situation now where we are experiencing on a much lower level dislocation of our comfort. Think of how that feels for you right now. And it's like, oh, that's painful. Now go back and think of the dislocation that certain populations have faced, you know, in, in history. And like, could you imagine like not having access to income, but then also having your children ripped away from you, having your home taken from you? Like, you know, it just, I just really hope that there's, there's out of this so much more empathy ar- arises for our, and we get to see our privilege because. I guess that's what really, sorry. I guess that's oh, it's okay. what was really like you gnawing at me and pissing me off. Yeah. That was like, do you realize how fucking privileged we are? Even if I, I lost my job. Technically. Yeah. I freelance. I can't go out and do that. Um, we do events. I, co- I can't go out and do an event. Like, I get it. I'm not saying like, oh, you know. But what I am saying is like, do you still realize how we how privileged we are still? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, still, yeah. Just being here. Yeah. Okay. Imagine like, here's some scenarios where it would be, your situation would be harder is losing your job and losing to access access to income that is hard and that can definitely put us in a state of survival totally right you know um but do you have a family that can help you out do you have a place to go to if you lose your home 
there are people that don't have access to that. There are people that are in uh, an abusive relationship and they're required to be quarantined with an abuser. You know, there, there are people who live on the streets. There are people who are, have serious addictions, who are not going to be able to get access to the substance that they're using as easily without risking themselves. You know, there's so many different scenarios. There's people who can't afford to buy food for their children. So it's just like having gratitude for those privileges and, and giving yourself that ability to see it creates perspective to allow you to be more grounded so you can so show up and serve and also perspective for like other situations where we maybe heard about it in the news and we're like oh that sucks but we didn't truly care or do anything like for example um i think maybe i mentioned this last time but like in vancouver how many people have died from fentanyl abuse i think in 2018 over a period of three months it was like 700 people died you know what i mean because this is why chantelle we fail to realize and acknowledge that we are all connected and people think well that's somebody that died of an overdose for whatever reason and that's their problem that's their family's problem doesn't impact me shit like this happens and we then we finally wake up to the fact that we are all the fucking same and we are all in this grand scheme of life together you know so it takes something like this unfortunately that impacts each and every one of us for us to finally realize shit maybe that thing that happened over there isn't just that person's problem and i don't have to care because i'm over here every fucking thing that we do has an impact that impacts everything else you know so Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, I think that all of the emotions that come up right now are all of the emotions that need to come up. Like for me, the anger is like, I'm not pushing it and letting it, you know, just suppress, like basically suppressing it because I need it to transmute it into something else, whatever that may be. Like, you know, I don't want to sit here and like, pretend like love and light all the fucking time you know it's because it's not that at the moment like some days I'm happy some days I'm sad sometimes I'm angry and it's like allowing that to just be what it is and you know I've told you this so so much before and I've been I mean I have family in Italy and I think about Italy all the time and it's like heartbreaking to hear what's going on there Um, but one of the things that I love every time I visit is like they just release their emotions all the time it's like they're angry and they're yelling and then two seconds later they're happy and they're eating dinner and it's like they just let it out as it comes you know and that's kind of how I've been feeling you know lately because usually I'll be like oh I shouldn't be angry and I should make myself be in a more peaceful state it's like no maybe I need to be fucking angry right now and then I'll get over it and we'll move on to the next (laughs) do you know what I mean yeah totally um it's we should be experiencing emotions and giving space for that and not pushing them down and being our own oppressor. Well, you talk about it all the time. And I love when you bring it up because it's a reminder of like, we are so taught that like to not feel pain and not feel, and that's what anger and sadness and all of those things are. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just pain coming out in a variety of different ways. But it's like, you say it all the time. We're always taught to like suppress or um, soothe the pain with like some external thing. Yeah, I not just let the pain be what it is, express it, let it out, and then move on. Yeah. So I don't know how we got here. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I'm glad we got here because um, I think I I feel like I'm gonna write a book on it on societal trauma because I'm just like I've been. This has been with me for so many years. Where I'm like, you're gonna write a book. Well, I don't know if I'll do it, but (laughs) I'm gonna hold you to it. So anyways, but it's just, sorry, I just dropped my mic. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop, bitches. (laughs) um, Yes, I've just been like, I've so intuitively felt for so many years that like, we as a society are addicts, right? Like addiction is is individual, but I think addiction um, is on a societal level. And... Um, 
the work I do around money, it keeps proving, proving, proving this intuition that I'm having about like the way we interact with money and the way we do things to soothe ourselves. It has all these addictive qualities to it. And um, it's so interesting because last night I went and got takeout from this local um, restaurant where I live called The Yellow Deli. And if anyone's ever been to a yellow deli, you know what I'm about to say. If you've never heard it and you Google it, the first thing that comes up is yellow deli, the food's so good, you forget you're eating from a cult. So yellow deli is this like chain of restaurants. They're all around the world and connected to every yellow deli is a community. And they're actually called the 12 tribes. And the, these communities, they all live in uh, basically a commune. They live on a farm together, they grow their, their food, and they share everything. And they all practice a certain religion. And there's like, from what I can see, there's like some elements of Judaism. They all have Hebrew names. Um, there's some elements of Christianity and then there's like some interesting like spiritual stuff as part of their religion. It's actually quite beautiful and they don't, they're very like anti-capitalist and anti-consumerism. And so I go there all the time. I'm down to join. I know. I think it's a great <laughs> retirement plan. <laughs> um, I go there all the time. They know us. I just recently went to a wedding on their property. Um, you didn't uh, tell me this. I didn't. No. Oh my gosh. It was so amazing. It was basically like attending like a Harry Potter slash Shakespeare play of a wedding. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was like you were like you were like um, taken back to like the Shakespeare times, like the wedding dress and everything, the music, like lots of fiddles. It was pretty amazing. And it was be like their ceremony was really beautiful. And these people are just so lovely and, and giving and, and their restaurants look like a little like Hobbit house from like Harry Potter. <laughs> but the food is incredible. So anyways, I went there last night and uh, I was talking to one of the guys that was working there. So that last night, um, a family was working there together. So like the wife, the husband, and the two daughters, they were on shift together. So everyone in the community takes turns working there. Like, for example, one of the guys who works there is actually a chiropractor by trade, but in the community, he's, he's now their shoemaker and also works at the restaurant. So anyways, so I was there and they're like, Hey, how's your work going? Like, has your work been impacted by this? And I was just kind of telling them, yeah, it's really interesting. Like I do so much of my work online, but it has been impacted in the way that the stuff that I was selling, like what I offer right now is so needed right now. And a lot, there's a like a really high demand for what I talk about. And you would think it would result in like my business doing well, but it's not, it's resulting in like me getting requested to do tons of like free videos and free talks, which I'm okay to do a certain amount of, but I also have a business that I have to maintain too. Right. So I was just explaining how it's like kind of an in interesting thing to juggle is like, I want to be of service. I want to give, but like, I am also a small business, you know? And, and then we started talking more about like my trauma of money program. And, and I was talking about like society is addicted to consumerism. And this time is so fascinating because like we have been basically forced to go from like soothing ourselves with things that we desire to like focusing on essentials. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder what that's going to do because like, this is a way that we basically our addiction manifests is to like consume and soothe any pain because we're taught that we should never experience pain. So part of like my whole thing about this time is people are having to force the experience of their darker feelings 
they're, they're having, they're forced to sit in discomfort. They're forced to sit in pain. Um, so it's just really fascinating. And he goes to me, he's like, Chantal, you have to watch this documentary called Century of the South. Okay. And South or South? Self. 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 (laughs) Century of the Self. Okay. And it's a BBC documentary. He's like, this documentary, Chantel, is right up your alley. So I look at, into it and I watched like two, two hours of it last night. It's about well, four, it? four hours. Oh, wow. It's a mini series that BBC did. Like, is I don't good? know when. Yeah. I think it was probably filmed in like the 80s or the 70s. What's it's called? pretty old. Century of the Self, BBC. So anyways, um, I, I watched like part of it last night. And I just want to share a little bit about um, what the first part about what the first part of it is about, because it's just it's just so crazy. And I think there's like an there's an awakening that's happening with our relationship with like spending money and you know things that we do to consume. And so anyways, Sigmund Freud, we all have heard of Freud, very famous psychologist. Um, his nephew, um, Edward Bernays was American. He basically used Freud's concepts of like tapping into people's deepest fears and desires. And this guy, Edward Bernays is the founder. Like he's the guy who created the industry called public relations. He wrote tons of books and theories about like, Um, basically modeled after war propaganda and getting people to do things in groups, but switching that over and getting large groups to do things in order to serve business. So this guy, founder of like the industry public relations, um, the father of like using celebrities and influencers to convince mass people to do things based all of his like approaches and methods on his uncle Sigmund Freud's um, deep psychology about like manipulating the mind by tapping into people's like deepest fears and their desires and unworthiness and unworthiness. So this is just like, it's just a major deep insight of what we already know, but it just shows you like, mass marketing and consumerism because after world war ii like a lot of the advertisements were more based on like this is an essential need right just like now like we're gonna see advertising that's about a need right now um because people are focusing on only buying needs but he came in he's like wait let's start using some of these like psychological manipulation tools to show them that it's okay to desire and we're going to open up marketing to tap into people's desires and tap into their worth to basically tell them like, if you are worthy in this world, you must have this. Having this shirt makes you a different version of yourself. And it's, so it's just this like deep exploration of consumerism and uh so fucking interesting because i always have had well not always but in the last few years like this tug of war of like i just want to be like simple and i don't want to like constantly be striving to like be successful and have an amazing career and like i just want to like i just want to like move somewhere quiet and like be quiet to go back to your essential nature that and then the tug of war between like I want to build a business and I want to do and you know all the stuff that you know just like climbing the ladder and ambitious and all of that stuff so it's always a huge tug of war of like which one to pick or like I don't know how to even describe it but always feeling like you're exhausted by your own ego to fulfill that ambitious life that you envision. Yeah. But then deep down wanting that really simple, quiet 
life, but when you're surrounded by an environment that is constantly telling you that like, go for it and build and da, 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 da. And it's so hard to know, like, which road to take. Well, I think like there's absolutely nothing wrong with building and having a successful business. Now, this is the difference between like the feminine approach and the masculine approach. Um, And I'm not saying like men versus women. I'm saying like the more typical like energy of the masculine is very much like a compete. um, It's like, it's like a kind of do it yourself, grow, 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 hustle, compete. And the feminine energy, if you want to bring feminine energy, is like collaborate, community, share, that sort of thing, right? So capitalism is really based on more of that masculine energy of like compete, create wealth for yourself. It's very um, colonial, right? That's like our traditional capitalism is patriarchal, it's colonial. So if you are like in a place where you're like, I really want to build a business, but you, the only view that you know of that business is coming from that place, which is normal because that's how we've seen other businesses being built. Your soul is going to be like, something doesn't feel right. So maybe what I really want is the simple life and I don't want that at all. But there's no in-between there, right? So the in-between might be more of this like this approach that is more collaborative. It's decolonized. It's about like it's truly about service and it's about aligning your business with your values and what's important to you. It's not just about like metrics that this world of consumerism and and colonial capitalism deem valuable right? So like, and it's creative. It's like the creative energy is the feminine energy. Like women create in their bodies, they create life. You know, that's the part in the business that you probably drawn to. Like, I want to create, I want to collaborate. I want to bring together. I want to serve. And these things can happen in business. Um, I guess what I found, and you're totally on the money but i guess what not not that i i what i've what i find that i struggle with is that because we all have we all feel like what i notice is we all feel kind of like that like we're all like i gotta do this and i'm gonna build it and i'm gonna grow it and i'm gonna do it on my own so because we all have that attitude i find it very difficult to collaborate totally when it comes down to like okay like and not to say that it, it doesn't happen. I'm still like, I love collaborating. I try to make everything that I do within a group of some kind. Um, but I find that it can be really hard to collaborate with peers because like it just happened to me yesterday. I was like, I, I, I'm not going to reveal the situation, but basically trying to collaborate with someone and, and help them make what they're doing a little bit better because um, I don't know how to say it without giving it away, but like basically just encourage them to like check this out or check this out because it'll help amplify what they're doing because we're all trying to figure out how to work online, basically. That's the, yeah. And it was just like very resistant to wanting to get into a space with other people that are doing the same thing because we all have that like competitive, I can't learn from someone else because I need to focus on my yeah do you know what i mean totally so i I mean there's it's such a shitty situation right now but the thing that i think is really cool that i've been noticing is that we're all really focused on what actually does matter like a lot of people are just like you know it's not about like celebrities and likes and like all of the fucking stuff that we're so inundated with all the time it's like we need to focus on what's really important right now (laughs) our health family survival shelter like all the yeah. things that were just like, I don't know, it just makes you feel more human and less relaxed. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at like this time right now is getting back to our human essential nature. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, let's break down, like, let's break down what you were talking about, the collaboration and 
the competition and I'll use myself as the guinea pig example because why not? I share everything else on here. So (laughs) in my space, um, I find sometimes I can get like resentful um, when other people who uh, they don't even do what I do because um, I I have I I have my own approach, which is based on my own life experience um, and the path that I've gone down. But like they're in the same space as me, right? And when they have better metrics that like I'm taught to deem as valuable, like maybe more followers or they're getting more media than I am or whatever. I start to feel like some resentment, right? Yeah, me too. And and then I go into this narrative of like, well, this is bullshit. Like I'm I'm more competent. I've got way more experience in this. Like and I go into all the, all these reasons like why this doesn't make sense and it's not fair. But then when I start unpacking it deeper, I really realized that below that, like I'm more competent is me not believing that I'm good enough. Yeah. So it's like, I have this thing, like I'm not smart enough. And that, that part of my ego is, is basically like, it's like this unloved child that has been told that maybe she's not smart in school. So now I'm working hard to always prove that I am competent enough. So when I don't get the feedback of competency through those metrics like social media, social media is not a fucking competency feedback tool, people. <laughs> it's, a pop- it's a popularity tool, you know, but I fall for it too. We all and, do. Yeah. And, uh, so when I, when I like am not getting that like feedback loop through those stupid metrics, then it's that little child that, you know, was told she was stupid in school that's getting hurt. Right. So if, yeah, no, I, I, no, sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what my work has been around this is when I notice those feelings of coming up. I have to turn inward to that little child and be like, no, like you actually, you are really smart. You're very intelligent. You're wise. You're this, you, you, you know, I have to like feed that little girl's soul and let her know that she is safe. She is loved. And then, so it's, it's, it's between me and that little girl and it's not, it has nothing to do with anyone else. So when I'm feeling strong in that place and grounded in that place, and then I go later and interact with those people, I celebrate them. I'm like, yes, like, look what you're doing for our industry. Like, I'm so glad that you landed that article. I'm so glad that you're bringing awareness to this because when I come back to the reason why I do the work I'm doing, it's because I want to serve. So if any, if someone else is doing it, amazing. Yeah, I think it's amazing. We talked about this yesterday on the phone. It's like when you're feeling those really strong feelings, especially towards others um, and the whole comparison portion comes in. Yeah. Um, For me, I can get like really resentful. Like I have the same kind of business. Like what we're doing is so amazing. Why are they so much bigger? Like they have better contacts. Like they're, they live in the States. They have more connect. Like there's so many things. Um, but then I was saying this to you yesterday without blaming yourself or shaming yourself. It's like, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, Bianca, they might have all of that, but like, have you been the most consistent? Have you been like taking responsibility for the fact that like, you know, maybe there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of like what I'm yeah. actually putting out there instead of just like blaming others because they got ahead quicker yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. But I do think that it also, aside from that, and not not like you have to like shine the light on yourself to see why something is pissing you off or aggravating you so much. But then also taking a look at like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not concerned with like who the coolest person is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm more interested and connected to people that are like feeding me and I'm learning from. So it's like all of us to, to, what are you smirking at? <laughs> just laughing. 
I was going to say, like, our friendship's an example of that because you call me a basic bitch all the time. I do not. I only call you that because you called yourself that and I thought it was hilarious. Chantel, no, because it was funny because you, there was one time when you're like, yeah, I'm a basic bitch. And I'm like, why would you say that? And you're like, well, one time I said that to you and you agreed. And I was like, I did not. <laughs> you're like, well, you didn't disagree. And I'm like, how long have you been holding on to that? It's like my new narrative. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's no. it, well, like when someone else in my space gets like more recognition, I'm like, it's because I'm a basic bitch. I just get that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess we're all just so fucking obsessed with who's cool and who has the best Nikes and like who has the best outfit on. And like, that's all great. And like, it can be really artistic. I have, I have some friends that are like, that's art. Like the way they can put an outfit together or do their makeup, like it truly is art. But I also think that like, we're just so obsessed with like, who's cool and what's new and what's fast. And like, I don't know, it's just, it gives us a nice reality check to like, look for things of substance, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Connects more to like your heart as opposed to like, how cool someone is and how many fucking followers they have. And it's just like, yeah we're all sick of it we all hate it but we yeah. <laughs> feed into it we're the reason it exists it's not Instagram's yeah. fault yeah you know yeah the substance is important and as we're like pushed into like exploring what's essential what's not essential i think like i think and i hope that we're gonna shift to more substance right yeah and i think because oh, yeah go ahead no, no, I, I don't know. A thought just came up about complaining, but I don't remember where that came from again. But I was just thinking, like, there's this, there's this, I think it was Wayne Dyer or somebody. Um, they do this thing where, like, you know, they do, like, 30-day challenges or whatever, and you basically challenge yourself to not complain for 30 whole days. And it's like, that will literally change your whole life. Imagine you can do that right now in this scenario with what's going on. Oh, my God not complain why don't we do why don't we do a challenge for one week until our next podcast and then we can report on it okay so the clock starts at 4 p.m est and what what was 1 p.m 1 p.m yeah pst your time and we'll go again on wednesday of next week okay no complaining challenge wow i was just about to complain about the complaining challenge do you want to, should we give you like a grace period for the rest of this podcast so you just complain about all the shit that's driving sometimes you crazy? It's hard to decipher when you're, like sometimes you think, I'm like sometimes I'll be like, oh, well, I'm just stating what the fact is. And then someone else will be like, no, but you're definitely complaining. I'm like, oh, I thought I was just explaining what the reality was right now. Sometimes you can't even decipher what yeah. is because you're so, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like if you're trying to tell, um, so here's an example we have a neighbor that's been away and just moved back beside us and they complain that our kitchen light is too bright after 10 p.m. So they left us a note. So I get the letter and I'm telling someone about this. I'm like, yeah, this neighbor is like complaining and they left us this note. And am I complaining to tell about that situation? I don't know. I guess yeah, it depends. You're complaining on, about the neighbor. Yeah. So I guess I have to be like, oh, interesting thing happened today. A neighbor left this note. This is what it said. I can see their point. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see yeah. my point. Yeah. But oh, see, we have to be careful there because my codependency um, radar is like, oh, oh, you might be people pleasing if you don't express what's there for you with your feelings. Yeah, but right. expressing your feelings and being and and complaining is still two different things. Because you could simply say, I'm really pissed about this letter, but that's not necessarily complaining. Yeah. Is saying you're pissed about something complaining? I don't think so. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. No, I know I, my intuition has kicked in. If I say I'm really fucking pissed that this pillow exploded while I was sleeping, that's not a complaint. It's just, I'm pissed about it, right? Yeah. 
I think it's okay. Here, here's the difference. <laughs> I think um, complaining is like taking your feelings, your pain, and extending the story and narrative around them to to go from pain feelings to suffering. Right. So. Mm-hmm we want to give ourselves space to feel what we feel express those that how we want to express it like maybe maybe instead of expressing our feelings in the form of complaints to other people maybe we try and go inward with them for a week and see how that is um yeah yeah versus being like hey bianca i gotta tell you what happened here like this person did this i can't fucking believe it blah 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 you know what i mean right yeah complaining to me let's you know what i'm going to look up the definition because i love seeing what the actual definition is complaining definition hold your horses people okay so i mean it's a pretty simple explanation the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something Okay, so it's the expression of dissatisfaction and annoyance. <laughs> Look how stupid this is. The, the quote that they use to describe, you know, they give you an example. It says, his complaining has been a little bit annoying, but you're complaining about his complaining. Wow. And then it says, hang on, the state of suffering. Oh, here, here's closer to what you were discussing or describing. State that one is suffering from a pain or symptom of illness. Yeah. So I think like, you know, you, we have a choice to suffer. Um, We don't always have a choice to experience pain, right? Suffering is taking something that's painful and basically um, taking like our narrative and staying stuck in it. So it's like Hiroko always says this, like pain plus thoughts equals suffering. Okay. Right? So if we feel pain about something, feel it. Oh, I notice I feel that pain. Interesting how what's happening here and spend some time with it versus like go out and communicate with the world this external complaint about your pain. Well, that would be it because like we were trying to figure out, you can't, you're allowed to feel the emotion about the angriness doesn't necessarily mean you need to go explain it to everybody and complain it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my therapist said to me last week, she said, um, an emotion typically lasts like a few minutes, but if we want to like move into suffering, it's going to last way longer because we're like extending the, we're we're extending the life of whatever the pain is by like adding the story Mm -hmm. interesting yeah so why don't we just why don't we just do a no complaining challenge on what on our own boundaries of complaining and expressing our emotions we don't want to bypass our emotion right right you want you got to feel it to heal it but I think it really, for me, is a reflection of me going out and then expressing that thing over and over and over. Yeah. Or it could even be once. It's just like... Hmm. Yeah. And here's another way to look at it. Let's say you your feelings are hurt because of an interaction with another. Um, don't feel like you can't say anything um, because you're trying not to like outwardly express because you're considering that complaining. I think the difference would be like, you can show up to that person and complain, or you could say, listen, this happened and this hurt me um, in this way because of this. And I want to bring this up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I I mean, I mean to like, sorry, I should, I should have said that clear. I don't mean to say that don't express yourself and then keep it all in just because you're doing like a week challenge and then but it's more about and then explode. <laughs> well, it's more about the way and lang- the language that you're using and how it's being expressed because they yeah. can be expressed in different ways that are, don't show up as complaints. Yeah, and if you're like a complaint complaint addict, 
um, a good, uh, a good way to replace that addiction with another is, uh, switch the complaining to gratitude for something else. I used to be a big complaint addict. Um, and I still complain, but I was like, it was like intense because of like the people I grew up around and everyone around me was constantly complaining. I'm not kidding. Like that's all it was. That's all the conversations would be about growing up, older people, family, like everybody. And it, yeah, I'm not saying it in the, like a shameful way. Like we didn't, nobody knew that they were complaining. Nobody was conscious enough to even realize that. Um, and until I got out of interacting with those people um, every day, I didn't realize how much I fucking complained. And it still comes up a lot for me. Yeah. But well, you know, the oh, meditation and like grounding and being grateful has really helped at least curb it a lot. Cause I think we all bitch and complain a lot. Yeah, it's true. And you know, it's interesting if you find yourself complaining a lot and you have an audience, um, they might have an addiction to being an audience to complainers and they also might like complaining too. And our good friend, Andrea from Somatic Witch, she posted something about this the other day. Um, And she talked about, she's not talking about it in the sense of complaining. She's talking about it in trauma bonding. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll have like, our complaining can basically be a manifestation of trauma, right? Um, And uh, we will, will, will have relationships that are built on the complaining. So this is called trauma bonding. So she said, um, how can you break, how can you trauma break during this time instead of trauma bond? Trauma breaking is the opposite of trauma bonding. When we break old patterns of relating that no longer serves us, encouraging authentic connection where we can be our true selves instead of a false bond during trauma that cements old roles and patterns. Yeah. So if you guys are going to practice this, you might notice a shift in your current relationships. If you had that mm-hmm. one friend that you were constantly complaining to. Yeah. The drama is another one addicted to drama. That's a huge one. I like notice it a lot. I mean, even within myself too, but then to a more <laughs> extreme level with certain people. Um, and I really think that that's a trauma response and it also makes you have feel like if there's not that much going on in your life it makes it seem like your life has a sense of importance when you make everything really dramatic yeah you know and it sounds kind of like harsh to say but if you don't have that much going on especially right now and you're not working you'll find yourself kind of like making things around you way more dramatic than they are because it can give you a sense of false like meaning yeah that's such a good point wow yeah I've had that experience with someone really close to me, um, like a family member who, I mean, we don't talk as much now, but like, it's like someone that, you know, will always be there. Um, but everything is like constantly blown out of proportion and it's like, she's addicted to, to, to reacting that way. Yeah. Because yeah. of her traumatic experiences, she can't see things for what they really are. And that can be like so dangerous and scary. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got there either, but. Well, it's, it's related to complaining because sometimes your complaining shows up because you're trying to create drama, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think all of this is just like a really, we can look at it as like, you know, a really crappy situation or we can really truly look at it as an opportunity to grow in, in an inward yeah absolutely everything we do is so external like work and life and everything we do is so external that's like one thing and i mean you know you and i do practice we have our own practices and we do tune inward but most of my life is lived outwardly and i think we have such an opportunity for us to look within and that can be incredibly hard right now when if you are someone that can't stay still and it always has to be on the go like this can be a really challenging experience but within the uncomfort can come some pretty like magical stuff 
Oh my God. So true. It's funny you say that last night. So I have this philosophy, philosophy book that I read all the time called the school of life, yeah, emotional education. Life. Yeah. I read it on here before. So I, I just like open up to a page and I'll read it. So I open up to the importance of a breakdown mm-hmm. out of like all the different topics in here. And I just like wanted to read this quote I'll read like the whole paragraph because it's quite amazing, but we're in a breakdown right now. We are in a collective breakdown and some of us are experiencing individually, individual breakdowns because of the collective breakdown. Um, I, I feel this so deeply, like what I'm about to read because I had a breakdown in February and I've talked to, I've talked about it on this podcast. We did that episode where we, what did you call it? Like the liquify Liquify to expand, I think. Liquify to expand, yeah. And it's just so interesting because we're in this like collective breakdown. But he says, a crisis represents an appetite for growth that hasn't found another way of expressing itself. Okay, say that again. A crisis represents an appetite for growth that hasn't found another way of expressing itself. So this is when something is not tolerable anymore. We ha- we're forced to change. Yeah. That's a crisis. Many people after a horrific few months or years of breakdown will say, I don't know how I'd ever have gotten well if I hadn't fallen ill. In the midst of a breakdown, we often w- wonder whether we have gone mad. We have not. We're behaving oddly, no doubt. But beneath the agitation, we are, hit, we are on a hidden yet logical search for health. We haven't become ill. We were all ill already. Our crisis, if we can't get through it, is an attempt to dislodge us from toxic status quo and constitutes an incessant call to rebuild our lives on a more authentic and sincere basis. It belongs in the most acute and panicked way to the search for self-knowledge. Oh, so good. So good, right? And so relevant for right now. So any of the trainings that I've done, mostly they were like, even before we met two or three years ago, I was like really hardcore into like getting my shit together. So taking a bunch of classes and trainings and da, 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 da. And they were all different um, lineage isn't the right word, but they were all different courses. They weren't connected to each other. Every single course, this is what they would talk about. We need to have the breakdown and it's going to be small or big. I think the word breakdown is so such a big word, word that you think that it can't just be a small thing that's happening throughout your day. So like we get on a Zoom call, a breakdown would be this Zoom call not working and the Wi-Fi is not working. That's a breakdown. Yeah. You went to do something and it didn't live up to what it was intended to be. That's a breakdown. So it's the appetite for us to get it right, which would be the big breakthrough when we finally get it right. Yeah. But breakdowns are not necessarily like, oh, I'm crying on the floor in my shower and my whole life is a mess. Breakdowns happen all the fucking time. But how you resolve them is by having having integrity because here's the breakthrough and then here's the breakdown and there's a world in between. Yeah. You can avoid the breakdown. You can pretend it doesn't exist. You can ignore it. You can make a big deal about it. You can be dramatic. You can complain. You can do all of, there's lots of options. Yeah. You can acknowledge that it exists. Acknowledge the reason why you're making such a fuss about it is because you want to live into the breakthrough. Most of us stay on the other side by a variety of, it comes out like we, sh- we, we behave in a variety of ways by staying on that side instead of reaching for the breakthrough. So yeah, yeah. we're in a breakdown right now. Are we though? Like, yeah. no, I know. But like, if you look a little deeper, maybe this isn't such a breakdown. Maybe it's not. I hope it is. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that the breakthroughs are already happening in small increments in our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think that life should just carry on as usual after this ends. 
there's got to be some major fucking changes collectively and individually. That's the truth. So it's a breakdown because we can't leave the house and we're losing jobs and money and there's a lot of shit. But there's a world in between that mm -hmm. if you want. Yeah, exactly. How are you handling it? Literally? No. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the world in between is about how you're handling it. Yeah. Are you choosing I, to suffer? Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard, harsh pill to swallow. Um, and I don't think n now is the time to go into like the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, I don't think now's the time to like go into the like mode of like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, I think now what I'm saying is, I think now's the time to get to the, get to the root of whatever that shit is that's coming up for you right now. Get to the fucking root and like yeah. start to uncover and work it out. Because if you're not going to do it now, when you have all this time, when are you going to do it? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. It's been a fucking crazy net. It's been crazy. Everybody's got so many things that have come up in the last while that it feels like a movie. Mm -hmm. Like I literally, the last five months have been insane. Yeah. I literally came to Canada. I have like two shirts. <laughs> but you've got mini eggs. I've got lots of mini eggs. Well, not anymore because I eat the entire pack in one sitting. <sighs> Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I don't even you, remember what we talked about. Can I give you, can I um, tell a prediction that I have for the next couple weeks, month? Give it to us. What's the lady's name? Um, Miss Cleo. <laughs> You remember in the 2000s, um, it was really trendy to part your hair in like a zigzag? <laughs> yeah, I do. I love seeing that. Oh my God, I look so cool. I think that's going to make a comeback. <laughs> that's your big fucking prediction. You yeah, know you know why? Right. You, you, look at my roots right now. They're so bad. And the only way you can kind of cover them is if you zigzag part. I love roots on blondes. Oh my gosh. So I, I predict that the zigzag part will make a comeback because <laughs> you can, it covers roots come back for me, because if you see what's happening here, there's no way to fix it. The only way to fix this, I look like Elvis <laughs> is to let my hair grow. So I think your hair looks good. I don't know what we're going to come out of this looking like, honestly, at least you don't have roots. Well, Thank God for filters, right? Everyone can hide all the shit that they're usually getting done. <laughs> Did you see the meme where it was like, how oh, we're coming out of the quarantine and the girl's nails were grown out to like, like the edge of her nail. Then there was another picture of, I'll post it. There was another picture of her roots were literally down to here. Her armpit hair was like coming out of her shirt. And there was another one. It was really fucking good. It was really fucking good. I already look like that and it's only been a week. So. <laughs> Me too. I was like in quarantine since January. So I'm already looking like that. I've got a couple months ahead of people. So I apologize for yelling at you guys, but kind of not really. And thank you for listening. Do our no complaining challenge. Oh my God, we just totally complained about how ugly we're going to be. <laughs> No, we have a grace period until the podcast okay. is done. <laughs> our, our, <laughs> our grace period, that's really funny. Our grace period will, no, our grace period will end when the podcast ends. Do you have any wishes you'd like to send to our, to our listeners before we end? Yeah, I wish that you all, even in amongst all the chaos and all the stress, that you find even if it's just a few minutes of um, 
calm in that, like the eye of the storm, you know, the calm. I did the meditation for you guys yesterday and I referred to it as a little mini vacation. Oh, uh, I, just I, to, I should have explained um, what that is. I forgot. Oh, the meditations. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you wrap up by talking about the meditations? Because it's Wait, really are, amazing what you're doing. So Sean did uh, a session last night, but we started, we're on week two of our 30-day meditation. I'm not calling it a challenge because I really don't like that word, but we got enough motherfucking challenges. How about that? So our 30-day meditation gathering uh, every night at 7.30 p.m. EST, 4.30 PST, right? PST, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, If you don't get our newsletter or follow us and you just listen, um, go to whipwellness.com, leave us your email and we'll send you all the instructions to join. You don't have to have already joined from the beginning. You can come pop in at any time. Um, but honestly, it's been the highlight of my day, not because I'm doing it, because it's like we get to connect with a whole group of people, meditate together. Amazing teachers have been on. Um, and we're going to be doing some other stuff soon. We're working on it, um, like different classes and stuff, offerings. And I just think it's so cool because there's been so many people in the meditations that have literally never even meditated before. And, you know, I'm always harping on about, we both are about like how important it is to tune in. And now's the motherfucking time guys. (laughs) So (laughs) come and join us at 7.30. Anything you want to, chat about you guys have so many things going on oh well our trauma of money program starts april 8th if you really want to do it but you can't afford it right now email me because i've got a payment deferral program i have a scholarship program we basically don't turn anyone away so email me we can see what we can do um it's kind of a we want to work with you based on what you can afford um Yeah. And it's going to be so great. This is life changing work. I know it is because I've experienced the power of um, the shifts myself and what we're teaching. So check it out. Look like, can you explain a little bit about the format? Yeah. So it's um, a 10 week online program. We meet every Wednesday at 8 30 PM EST 5 30 PM PST and we have a bunch of different teachers. I'm a teacher. Hiroko, a psycho, the psychotherapist, is a teacher. We have one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter as a teacher. We have um, this amazing Indigenous activist who is a Vice TV show as a teacher. We have... Um, That's amazing. Yeah, we have a, a, a world-renowned sports psychologist who works with professional athletes around mindset he's teaching it's pretty incredible so we have all these different teachers talking about our relationship with money and if you want to make some serious shifts with your relationship with money this is where the work starts when how long is it so it goes for 10 weeks so we start next wednesday but how long Um, class uh usually 90 minutes the thing is with it is if you can't tune in at that time, you'll get access to a portal with all the recordings. Um, so EST. Yeah. And what you do it on zoom. Zoom. Yeah. But we have a portal where the portal houses all the videos, our worksheets, our quizzes, extra resources, all that stuff. Okay. Last question. When you guys run, when you guys um, facilitate the classes, do you and the teacher speak or is it one teacher speaking? Do people interact as an audience? Like, how does um, it- so we'll usually do like every teacher is going to be different, but we'll do most likely like some lecture format and then some time for questions and then some interactive work. So in Zoom, you can do like breakout rooms where you can do some stuff with a partner. So stuff like that. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, I have an online school called schoolbykp.com and we are giving 50% away on all of our classes. So we have some awesome classes like how to build a media kit, um, 
you know, some business classes. I have a mindful money class on there. So 50% off the promo code is self isolation. <laughs> no, sorry. The promo code is self isolate. But if you go to our Instagram at school by KP, you'll be able to see the post about it. Okay. So you hear that guys, there's lots of things to do on the interwebs to keep you satisfied sexually, emotionally, um, mentally, spiritually. Um, yeah. And help your fucking neighbor people. Help some people around you. Okay? Yeah. That's all be I got. Be kind. Just be kind to yourself too. Be kind to yourself. Yes. All right. That's all. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Aguri. I bet. Good luck. Dang. That's when he believes it. And she Skype you. She wanna know what it. You say either way.